Most gracious God, as we come into this space to worship you, open our ears, quiet the voices in our head, in our body, in our whole selves, and let us listen, O oh God, for the one voice that we need to hear, your voice. Make it ever clear. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priest have, you, have handed you over to me. What have you done? My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. So you are a king. You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, to God. be to God. Thank you, Jason. In the 1990s, there was a popular trend among youth groups the acronym WWJD. These letters were printed on bracelets, and I was the fond owner of one. I still, I still have it. WWJD stands for What Would Jesus Do? In the 90s, I was serving as a Young Life church partner at a Presbyterian church, and our youth group bought these WWJD bracelets we discussed what this meant in our lives, and we committed to wearing our bracelets as a reminder that we are followers of Christ and wanted to emulate or be like him. It was a good lesson, but over time, I felt like our bracelets were becoming more of a status symbol rather than an actual question. Eventually, the WWJD notion lost traction, as trends tend to do. But lately, I find myself asking, what would Jesus do? With the challenges that we as a country, our communities, our families, our churches are facing, as Christians, followers of Christ, how are we to respond or act or maybe even behave? Maybe a better acronym would be WWJHMD. I'm not sure if that would catch on, but WWJHMD, what would Jesus have me to do? Today is Christ the King Sunday, and what wonderful music we've already experienced. This day was added to the church calendar in 1925 when Pope Pius XI thought this day was necessary. 
the Pope sought to counter what he regarded as the destructive forces of fascism and the totalitarian claims of Nazi ideologies. The Pope wanted the church to be reminded of the king that we worship. And so Christ the King Sunday was added to the church calendar. This day ends our marking of ordinary time after the day of Pentecost and moves us to the threshold of Advent, the season of hope for Christ coming again at the end of time. Fast forward to 2021, and I am finding that we, the church, followers of Christ, need reminders of who this king is that we worship. The church has been through so very much from the displacement we have experienced during this pandemic, and it has had a ripple effect into our world. Add to that the divisions that we face as a society with regard to the pandemic and our politics. We need the reminder of who it is that we claim as authority in our lives. So here we are, gathered together on Christ the King Sunday. When you think of king, what comes to mind? We are not ruled by a monarch in the United States, and king might not resonate as well for us as we live in a democracy. But for the purposes of this sermon, let's think of king as equal to authority. This would suggest that Christ is the authority for our lives. We all have someone in our lives that when they say something, we trust them. We can hear them even if they are saying something that might challenge us. We trust them and we carry their wisdom with us. That is what it means to have authority. We trust Jesus and we are called to listen to his voice. This voice has authority. In today's text, Pontius Pilate summons Jesus to his court, and he asks him a series of questions. Pilate wants to pin Jesus with this notion of king. Pilate wants to wash his hands of this business. And Jesus says to Pilate, For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth, Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Listens to my voice. How do we listen for Christ's voice? There are so many competing voices right now, aren't there? So many voices. And each year, if not each month, there are new platforms or mediums coming out. More and more voices to crowd our mind. Twitter or Facebook or Substacks or podcast or Discord, 24-hour news, family, dynamics, opinions, chatter, it's everywhere. So many voices. And sometimes it's hard to hear the voice of the one that we call king. At least it is for me. Recently, a friend asked me a question. Can you let Jesus hold that for you? I was telling my friend about a troubling situation, and she listened, which is really what I needed at that moment, and then she asked, can you let Jesus hold that for you? 
I was thrown for a minute, expecting her to ask me probing questions about how I might change my situation. Instead, she simply said, could you let Jesus hold that for you? Again, my gut reaction was a little, that thought was a little silly, but then I took a deep breath and I imagined, I even visualized giving this concern over to Jesus and trusting that Jesus was able to hold it. I felt relief, even peace. And in that moment, I think I remembered that it is not up to me to carry the weight of the world. I worship a God who says, come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest. We worship a God who wants to be the authority in our lives, the one that we let hold all the challenging situations that we don't know how to solve, the one whose voice we listen to above all others. You might be asking, well, how do we do that? What does this voice sound like? How can we hear it? Let's look at four attributes of the person of Christ and see if we might get our marching orders. First, Jesus modeled boundaries. Although he faced many hard things, he never carried those into his next encounter. He didn't dump his pain on the next person. And remember, when he sent his disciples out to spread the gospel, he told them, if someone doesn't receive you, shake the dust off your feet and move on. Second, Jesus modeled an approach to conflict that included a lot of listening. He often remained silent while others spoke, even when they spoke cruel things. And when he talked, Jesus often answered a question with another question. Someone who is asking you questions wants to know you better. Three, Jesus was a non-anxious presence. Consider the storm at the sea In the fear of his friends, Jesus slept right through it, and when he did wake, he didn't panic, but simply calmed the storm and comforted his disciples. And four, Jesus saw people for who they were, and he had compassion on them, which often meant putting people first before the tradition or even the rules There are so many examples. The hemorrhaging woman in the crowd simply wanting to touch his cloak, and Jesus stopped, which was unheard of. And he saw her, and he healed her. As we leave this worship time, this place, even this week, as we gather around Thanksgiving tables, maybe with folks we have not been with in a long time, or possibly with those we do not see eye to eye. 
What if we entered in with a posture of asking, WWJHMD, what would Jesus have me do? And what if we prayed for Jesus to hold whatever situation we need help with? Jesus, hold this argument with my brother. Hold this division between my neighbor. Hold this grief that is all-encompassing. Hold this resentment that is eating me up. Hold this pain. Hold. What if we took some time to remember who Jesus is and was and let this Jesus profile become our model for what we seek in our relationships? And maybe we will practice asking more questions because we care, listening intently without interrupting. Maybe we'll practice being a non-anxious presence and having healthy boundaries, trusting that Christ's love is what the world needs and seeking to be a vessel of that love. As Christians, we can always redirect, and it is never too late to give our attention, our authority to Jesus. Jesus never, ever turns away the latecomers. We're all invited. I know I will be singing this refrain this week and love the way the Holy Spirit allowed it to be sung by the choir this morning. It is a favorite hymn, and it reminds me to turn to Christ, who is my authority. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen.